So it's been a while, David. It has a minute. I haven't seen you since what? Uh, Christmas party? Yeah, it's been shush, too long. Too long, definitely. Way too, way too long. And um, well, no, it was after the Christmas party. White Elephant Book Exchange. Oh, yeah. And we had some amazingly terrible books this year. We did. You know, I have kind of a bone to pick with you. You do? Yeah. What did I do? I was browsing through my bookshelf. Okay. And... Yeah. I was, you were browsing through I was bookshelf. browsing through my bookshelf and I find this book in there by Thomas Kincaid, a Christian romance novel by Thomas Kincaid <laughs> that my sister got at the White Elephant Party. Oh, really? She just, I don't know, left it? She just put it in my bookshelf at a very inconspicuous spot that I ran across. Huh. I wonder where she could have gotten that idea. That's what I was wondering. Thomas Kincaid and romancers. Two very funny things and if then, you know anything about his. And then I look around. Oh, it's funnier. It's and, funnier. It's oh a four-volume no. set. And, and I find another one. <laughs> and I think, oh, no, she's hidden all of them. So I look and I look and I look and I finally find the third one. Oh, my. Have you found the fourth yet? And then I spent like way too long looking for the fourth book and I couldn't find it because she'd hidden it so well. Did you ask her or is it still finally, at large? I finally found it. She'd hidden it in a totally other bookshelf in a whole other room. Oh dear. And then she admitted that she'd been put up to this dastardly uh, <laughs> this this dastardly uh, uh, deed by Somebody. Somebody, huh? Wow. Well, you know what I find interesting is that she didn't take my wildest suggestion, which was to cut the book apart and hide each page of a novel, of a Thomas Kincaid novel throughout the entirety oh. of your house. Oh, that would have been awful. Right? All that's 400 really, pages. It's really violent, Amanda. It is really violent, but it is a Thomas for, Kincaid romance novel. I did not take you for such a violent person toward books. Well, it depends on the book. Yeah. There is, you know, a YouTube video out there somewhere of me burning a copy of Twilight, so we can get our our first yep. podcast hate mail. Yeah. If we need to. Yeah. So yeah, we had a fun, uh, fun uh, um, white elephant white book elephant exchange, book exchange yeah. party. Yeah. yeah, that that annual event that no one knows about, but um, is now the best way to spend New Year's Day. Just a quick note on Thomas Kincaid. In two thousand and six, he was reportedly at a Sig- uh, Siegfried and Roy magic show in Vegas. No, oh, I've heard this. Story. And began shouting, <laughs> "What cod piece, cod piece!" at the performers. When he was eventually calmed by his mother. What? <laughs> That's not real. A colleague later commented that Kincaid, uh, Kincaid, saying of Kincaid, Tom would be fine. He would be drinking. And then all of a sudden you couldn't tell where the boundary was. And he became incoherent and would start cussing and doing lots of weird stuff. Like yelling cod piece cod at piece a magic show. At the performers <laughs> oh in Vegas. So he, he, he is a... He has some sordid business practices. He he is another just another one on a long litany of people who have these like Christian tie-ins that you later find out are 
well dubious at best his his days of christian tie-ins that are dubious at the best are at a an eternal end so uh there won't be any he more cannot of them. he cannot continue tying in well garish I mean, cottages rejoice everywhere garish cottages <laughs> rejoice well i it, when rosebud got the books in the exchange and opened up randomly it was to an inappropriate scene it wasn't that inappropriate but there was some kissing. Well, and some. Wait, wait. Kincaid wrote this. He wrote well, it with, he with had it with else. wrote it with someone, but they're based on his paintings, so you can oh, imagine. Lordy, lordy. Yeah. Okay, so no one knew before listening to this podcast that Thomas Kincaid had co-authored romance novels, but now you know, and you can search library book sales and thrift stores <laughs> throughout this entire nation. To find however many copies may exist. And, and if the thing that we've okay, been okay. able to accomplish from this is to get people maybe to do a white elephant gift exchange with books. With, with terrible books. Horrible books you own. What is the, we will have made the world a better What place. is the book that you look back and you read as a kid or you read as a young adult and then you look back now and you're like, why did I ever like that book? What, 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 like genuinely appreciated it at a younger age and now look back and think, for me, it was the the Stephen R. Lawhead was a an, a mm. Christian fantasy author and wrote these fairly popular um, Arthurian legend books. I never read those, but he had a children's series, and I read them as a kid and loved them as a 14, 15 year old kid, and went back and tried to read them a couple years ago, and they were so terrible. I, I they were horrible. So. You, when when I met you, you said, "Hey, check these books out." So I did, and I got them, and I read them, and I really liked them too. Sure, sure, like, yeah. Have you have you gone? Back and to I've them? liked other books that and, he has written I did more go recently. Back and I and I tried to look through. Them. I didn't try to read them again, but I looked through them. I tried to get my son to read them, and he said, "I could not get into these. These are terrible." <laughs> so and apparently, you're raising your son to have better taste than you did. Uh, probably okay. or or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be bad. We'll we'll, well, we'll we'll say that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I it took me a minute when you said that. I was trying to think of what that would be for me, and I think I'm going to have to own up to Frank Peretti novels. Okay. Okay. Like really did enjoy them, and now look back and have not I, reread Frank Peretti any of Frank Peretti's stuff. Well, I haven't, I, but I would be the same. I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed them to a. Point like they're I, I, as I recall they were good like thrillers. I yeah. never looked yeah, 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 at them yeah. as really like theologically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and there were people who would That's walk good. around and they would say, "I cast out the demon of lust," and I'd be like. I don't know. If I that's how that think works. That was a metaphor. I don't think yeah. there's actually a demon whose name is Lust. But yeah. okay. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, they weren't really contextualized for me by anyone or anything. But yeah, I just yeah, I think I just enjoyed the thriller aspect of them. And then I haven't gone back and reread the original ones that I read. Sure. But a, quite a few years back, someone gave me whatever his latest was. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Sure. It was something semi supernatural and yeah, there yeah. were um uh, Bigfoot was in it. And I read that one. Um that was not a well written <laughs> book. David is smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it I've it, read it that was one. not a well written book. Yeah. I I would say I probably don't mind reading a book that is maybe not 
perfectly, you know, really well written. I like like that. Like I, it was okay. It was fine. It was like, fine. It didn't. It didn't. It wasn't great literature. Right. But it. It was I, kind of. I fun. have minimal patience with such things because there are so many amazing, just profoundly amazing books that you can spend your time on. And if there's a common thread in book conversations I have with people, it's that they they wish they read as fast as I do because they don't read as much as they want to. And so I, I don't know. Okay, so I, I along the same vein, I have a different question, but same same idea. So earlier this this last year, I read a book that was a parenting book. Um, I may have mentioned it to you guys, not on the podcast, but I may have mentioned it to you because I was going to talk about it on the podcast. And um, I got about two thirds of the way through and they they were, I, I got an advanced copy. I signed up for mm-hmm. an advanced copy reading team. And um, <laughs> and so I kept on getting these like advanced videos and, and different um, all this promotional promotional material. stuff yeah. yeah and and you know they wanted you to to talk about it and to put it on your social media and all these different things and i watched a couple of those and th- this this is what this is really what happened one of the two authors who was who wrote the book there they annoyed me so badly <laughs> their their mannerisms their 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 speech the things that they said as well, but but more, it was more of a personal, just gut, just disdain for the, I mean, I, I sounds as bad as it is. And I just, I just said, I, I just felt like I couldn't in good, like good faith, like endorse the book because I found that person very irritating. I, have right. you ever had that experience where you, you thought you liked some content and then you actually learned more about the the author or learned more about mm. the person behind it and went yes okay sarah palin <laughs> <laughs> so so what was it that you this were on board with this. before you got so so i mean if we take ourselves all the way back to what was it 20 the dark 2008. ages 2008 2008 right. boy oh boy I had a thriving, when hope was still alive, <laughs> thriving business going that she single-handedly ruined. What? Yes, I. I. What? Wait! Whoa! 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 So you don't like Sarah Palin because she ruined your business? No, wait. No. No. I, no, no. Okay. No, all, right, no, all right. No. 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 Okay. So. So I decided. I, I was watching the presidential election. I could see clearly John McCain was going to get the nomination. Oh, I remember this. Yes. And so I thought, you know what? I should make some bumper stickers that really, fe- that really um, capture how capture you feel, how about, I feel about. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said. <laughs> What, what what did they say? They said McCain. If I have to, I, I guess. guess. Exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a takeoff on the glorious red green show. Right. Where he, where I'm he, a man. He says the man prayer. You know, yep. I'm a man, but I can change if I have to. I guess. <laughs> and so so it's the same thing. And and it was really starting to take off. You know, every, everybody could. You know, nobody really was excited about McCain, but uh, you kind of have to. And you know, you kind of right, have that was to, back I guess, when Republicans for, were hesitant to vote for somebody who'd been divorced and remarried I, and cheated on his wife. Like I, th- I think there were that was part yeah, of the, yeah, that was, that was one, one of the, of the criticisms of McCain. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> so then McCain, uh, uh, then he picked Sarah Palin as his running mate, and then all of a sudden. 
everybody's excited about McCain now. And, and she definitely brought a, just a breath of fresh air to his campaign. And she was an excited, about two exciting, weeks until she, she got interviewed by Katie Couric. And, and then and, <laughs> Tina Fey got a hold of it. Yeah. And then t- Tina Fey made her a par- the parody of all parodies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, she was no, great. literally all Tina Fey did was dress up like Sarah Palin and say her exact words on SNL. Yes. So, like parody of all parodies. Yeah. Just repeating. Anyway. Yeah. But in watching Sarah Palin, I remember that she came to town and um that she actually came to Boise. It was it was around the time that they were having the uh the 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 election and I remember that she threw her support behind somebody that was not a local candidate a yeah great local candidate i remember that too. yeah and i remember what she said about him when she got here and it was so folksy and i felt like it was really 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 fake and i realized that i don't agree with this person and i don't like how she is the the demeanor the the, the tone yeah, yeah. okay and and um and how packaged it felt yeah yeah Yeah. so i changed my mind anyway boy that was a long tangent that was a long time ago it was i do i remember those bumper stickers that was funny you know my favorite i sold them at my bookstore oh yes that was wonderful i i remember i was starting to get i think i about to put out some ads and i remember i got one that was purchased by by like i can't remember the name now but it was famous country music legend and really I, and he like had it sent to his home address in nashville <laughs> what yeah i really this mailed is, it to him this is important information go into your log and figure this out figure this out we need to know this information of course david's had more brushes with it, fame than the rest of us put together that's so. true that's yeah. true yeah. I've, I've had my 15 seconds in the sun <laughs> well didn't you get to go to a movie premiere with the queen so sort of there were two yeah, no, theaters. No, 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 Don't, no, 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 don't yeah. sort of no, it. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, no. yeah, I went to Did a movie Did your opinion change the of the queen after the, you met there her? There were two theaters. <laughs> there was yeah. the, the queen's yeah, theater. She was even classier than he'd imagined. And then there was the theater for all the other people. The non-queens. didn't have to go through security. Yeah, okay. That was, that was our theater. Okay. Because we're just lowly Americans. <laughs> but my sister went to a show in London, and she just happened to be, like, the queen was at the show. She just was there. And Just there was the queen. Kind of happened to be there, and there was the queen. You have any wild brushes with fame, John? Uh, no. I got a twelve percent tip from LL Cool J. What? A twelve percent tip? <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I missed the irony at first. <laughs> I was thinking LL Cool LL J. Cool J. Twelve percent. Oh, but I didn't Isn't know LL Cool. I think that's as much as you wanted from LL Cool J. He oh, gave yeah, you any no, no, more that... percentage, you would have ended up with a venereal disease. <laughs> He is terrible. Have you read some of the stuff about him? Oh, no, no. I had no idea who he oh, was. Oh, my goodness. He and then is... I was told who he was, and then I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, there's been stuff. But I haven't the... ever. Yeah, there's been stuff in the last well, couple I mean, of years. Okay, shock me. A rapper or hip hop artist with a poor moral reputation? With children. I'm stunned. With children. Stunned. Okay. All I've right, heard well. I've heard of R. Kelly. Okay. Right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Although I, I did have a, an interesting moment the other day. Maybe I'm getting the two confused. Maybe it was R. Kelly oh. that I was thinking of. Well, R. Kelly is, yeah. Has LL t- Cool J. 
terrible reputation. Okay, well, why would... I wonder what John is Googling right now. I know, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it was R. Kelly that I was thinking. So speaking of rap music, which, yes, I don't listen to, but I was talking with some colleagues. I don't think it's called rap music anymore. Is it? What is it now? I think we call it hip-hop. Really? John, we don't call it rap music Am I like a fossil? LL Cool J, according to Google, is a rapper. Okay, Google okay, says he's a rapper. But do we call it rap anymore? I I've, I haven't heard. I of think the rap, rap and hip hop are two different things. Are they, John? The you're first the arbitrator here. The first news article says hip hop means this. LL Cool J. What What can we do to make him pay attention? I don't know what we can do, but I can tell you my story about oh, rap I music. I was thinking tell R. Me. Kelly. My so bad. About talking. Music? Yeah. Now we've slandered LL Cool J. I Although he did only sorry, take twelve percent. Cool J. I'm yeah. sorry. You did only. Yeah. You yeah. You deserve it though, because twelve percent. Right. Um, talking with some colleagues about how things get stuck in your head and they were talking about music from um, the 90s that w- that was, you know, forever burned into memory and how you wish you didn't remember it. And they were started naming some old rap or hip hop artists and talking about how terrible the music was. And one of them pulled up a, a, a an album the the list of songs from an album of an artist whose name I can't remember at the moment, but <laughs> they said was the filthiest thing that they'd ever heard. And one of them was showing the list of song titles to another one. These these were gentlemen. And gentlemen. Um, and well and I leaned over to look and he snatched it away. Like you can't look at that. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> That's extraordinarily patronizing. And so we're we have we are at an impasse because he thinks it's very polite, but to not show the you know forty year old woman a list of inappropriate song titles, but to show the twenty five year old young man the list of inappropriate song titles. So discuss. I don't think that's uh, probably he shouldn't be showing the list of inappropriate song titles in the first place. That would okay, be now we're passing. Ju- yep. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's what I do. I pass judgment. Okay. No, I, I, that's, <laughs> that's all I'm really. We're passing judgment doing. on the original act, not the else? distinction. Is there anything else you'd like me to pass judgment on? Because I, I have all like kinds of things. This. She would like you to pass judgment on the distinction between should you be able to show a 25 year old man something that you wouldn't show. So a you've got an woman. unmarried, believing 25 year old, mm-hmm. and me. No. Yeah. I think that. Uh, I don't think there's I, – I, I think that uh, he should absolutely if, – if you're it, – it, it is rude. It is it is socially rude to show this to somebody and not show it to okay. somebody okay. else. Yes. All right. Absolutely. And and I make no distinction between your and gender. And it, it was the most interesting man in Boise, so I'm going to pass your judgment along to him. Okay. Please do. I will. That's excellent. <laughs> Speaking of the most interesting man in Boise, I think he should j- rejoin us again. And and talk with us about Absolutely. his I'd social rudeness. I, I, would, I would guess that the most interesting man in Boise already knew this distinction, but here you go. This is from Ebony Magazine. That. Here we go. Though the name itself is credited to the late Keith Cowboy and the Grandmaster Flash and and the Furious Five, it was Africa Bambata who was credited with using hip-hop to describe the culture that MC belonged within. One common understanding is that hip-hop is the culture, rapping is one of the four elements contained therein. The others being, so the other parts of hip-hop being rapping, 
breakdancing, DJing, and graffiti. I'm breakdancing. Oh, okay. Graffitiing. Wait, wait, wait. I, Graffiti is I a part of hip hop culture. I got all worked up about DJing. Break dancing. <laughs> Come on back. Come on back. <laughs> DJing. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready for more terrible, terrible hot takes. On I think DJing is really lame. <laughs> wow. The tall white boy from Idaho. You know thinks it. that DJing is lame. Yep. And what do you, what do you understand as DJing? Taking music and just kind of uh, making squeaky noises with it. Yeah, that's not what yeah, DJ is. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, I, enlighten me. Uh, I don't know that I can do a good job enlightening. This is like the blind leading the the stupid. So <laughs> this is like I have. <laughs> that's wonderful. I, I, I like have one eye, and I have like uh, like. 10 100 vision in it but this is this is what i'm going to say okay and and maybe some really dark sunglasses on also so i'm really really don't have a lot more to add here except that it would be selecting the appropriate song for the energy of the party guiding the energy of the party by your insightful selective song selection and um, understanding the movement of the crowd and the the emotion of the crowd and those squeaky noises, <laughs> as you call them, <laughs> playing into your development of gotcha. a, a rhythm and a beat that keeps the party, keeps people invested in the dance. And that the, the dancers I and the DJ that. are creating a collaborative work of art that maybe is not something that you connect with at all but you can see how an orchestra and ballerinas could make a collaborative work of art a very different kind of work (laughs) of art kind of collaborative art yes but because you can't dance i assume um (laughs) excuse me (laughs) well i have seen that you have a child that can dance you know it i do um i'm sure he gets it from his mom yeah (laughs) (laughs) i heard quest love the uh the band leader for The Roots uh, talk about DJing earlier this year. Okay, and so he, you actually have far more insight than I do. I'm going off well, of Well, this is the extent perception. of it. Was, okay. and, and You've he, actually heard somebody talk about it. Well, and, and so he does. That's that's part of part of his, his um, I, I, not job, but that's part of his interest and part, and he does it. He does right. it professionally. Part of he his does. career. So he did it. He talks about how he did it for uh, Obama's, last party in office or something mm-hmm. like that so um he but that's exactly what he talked about is is that how it's kind of curating a type of music um that is going to work well with and we've all been at a <clears throat> wedding where the playlist is terrible it's terrible and dated and like or four people a, get up to dance twice right. and nobody's having a good time right and then you've also been at one where I don't know that we've ever been at, any of us have ever been at a really good party, but where there was at least a decent sequence where the the energy moved through a natural flow. Yeah. 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 And some of that is being able to read the people in the room and say, this is not going to work here. So he actually, Questlove talked about that, how he had, he, he had this killer playlist ready to go for this party and it was just not landing at all. And he, he talked about how, President Obama comes up and says, just play the good stuff. And he's like, 
Yeah. Uh, uh, but like the artist well, inside like, of me doesn't want like he he wanted me to play all the stupid teeny bopper, you know, like the top 40 stuff. And I hate that stuff. That's that's a, that's mm-hmm. not why I do. But he music. couldn't get the crowd. But he could yeah. moving otherwise. And, right. And yeah. so that that balance. So that's what he yeah. had to do. I, and again, it's very well, you know, outside. It's President the, Obama Mike, telling him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So and, and there's a lot of. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff about that that I it's well it's well worth listening to because there's some interesting nuggets in that story beyond and beyond that but but yes i think that's correct djing is is more than just making squeaky sounds yes i stand hip hop i would i i would not have known that though hip hop so rapping hip hop is the culture break dancing djing djing and graffiti and graffiti yeah hmm. interesting well speaking of President Obama. I read Michelle Obama's memoir Becoming? a couple months ago, Becoming. Yeah. And was really, uh, I really enjoyed it. Is she a man? Oh, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I'm just checking. Uh, so just reading her I think account. You made Amanda of, turn red. I d- <laughs> well, like the, um, so. I don't know who it was that coined the term, but I heard about it from uh, an article Jamar Tisby wrote, mm-hmm. um, uh, Misogynoir, the the double bind of racism and sexism that black women deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Michelle didn't, or Michelle, that feels so familiar. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Obama. <laughs> You're on a first name basis. I know, right? Yeah, we're, we're buddies now. I read her book, so that means that yep. we're, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was going to say something wildly inappropriate, and I just stopped myself. I'm so proud. Of I've myself. already got that on, yeah. on yeah. tape tonight. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So she didn't use that term, but just talking about, and she didn't spend a lot of time on it in the memoir, but talking about the the difficulty of processing the kinds of things that people would and could say. Um. You you know what's going on, but. Um, her even her fairly restrained account of it was it was just really disheartening the yeah the speculation that that she's a man or just the the harsh and cruel comments um you know that terribly racially tinged and and just yeah just vicious so So basically people are terrible well i mean yeah i i think that's in the theology isn't it yeah yeah okay anyway but so, so aside from that, what was the, were there any? Well, uh, her title is based on her sense that what do you want to be is a terrible question to ask any child because we're all always in the process of becoming who we are. We're, we're in con- a process of continuous growth. And so she remembered being very frustrated by that as a child. And she thinks it's really important to, per- to see yourself as a um, as a continuously growing person, mm. um, which I thought, you know, she, she articulated it much better than I could, but, or just did. Um, but th- that was a really interesting concept. And then just the way that she navigated um, her her background, you know, coming from a, a strong nuclear family um, and having lots of opportunities presented to her, um, but just the tension between having... Um, having certain kinds of privilege and certain kinds of not privilege and, and then how 
uh, Barack came into her life and kind of disrupted all of her expectations because she was very driven, very focused, very goal oriented. And he was very, eh, we'll see what happens. And um, we'll try the creative, unconventional thing. And he just had a sense of freedom about him to, to not be on the rigid path of success that allowed him to, to take risks and, and to, to try new things, including apparently run for president and mm. win. So mm. it was, it was a inter- very interesting story. Mm. So I, I, I guess I hinted at, I, I hinted at this earlier, but one of the things in that interview that Questlove was doing that I, <laughs> so I, I very much enjoyed Questlove talking about the music and the artistry and wanting to choose music that was that was genuinely good music and not being interested in plain all. But basically what he said uh, in this interview was that he was he was DJing like uh, a, a white people party. No, no, oh. no. A pretty like there was quite a bit. It was a pretty raunchy party oh, in the White okay. House. Yeah. That the behavior of the people was pretty. Not presidential. He didn't say specifically the the Obamas necessarily, but he talked about he talked about their daughters there and how their daughters had all their friends there and how they were having a a quote unquote good time, and and it was clear that that was totally cool with him. Like Mm -hmm. he had no issue with that behavior, but it was it. As I listened to it, I was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that is kind of interesting to hear because um, like without knowing specifics and it, it would be hard to, I, I don't know, evaluate because that is actually one of the things that I miss about the Obama presidency is the the um, sense of res- I don't know, respectability dignity. or di- dignity, mm-hmm. honorability, um, grace. Yeah, and that that was not at all the thing that, that did I, not come that through. did not come through from a person who was very pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris right. Love was very supportive right. of of right. the Obama presidency. Oh. So it was just it was it was just striking to hear that. Right. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm a I'm accustomed when I hear things that are when I hear things that make me uncomfortable about Obama. It's usually conspiracy theories, or it's usually right. It, you know. Talk show type, right? Um, material. Oh, he's but a secret Muslim that, kind of. Yeah, but I found nonsense. that far more damning when right. it was, you know, a and supporter. Are you, are speaking. you saying that it's in the sense of like not a? Oh, everybody. I don't think was just a little used the word orgy, but he said I haven't seen things like that since I was in college. Like he was, yeah, he was pretty. He was he was shocked, and I, I get the sense that Questlove probably isn't going to be shocked by you know somebody, <laughs> somebody a, a little bit of bumping and grinding exactly on the dance right, floor. right 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 that's pro- I don't think that's probably and I just was like hmm. interesting, um, but I you know I don't know where this conversation is going exactly but but I I that that doesn't seem inconsistent with with the value system that has been explicitly stated by mm-hmm. the party mm-hmm. as being appropriate right. as being acceptable is a very a very and yeah 
progressive, mm-hmm. open uh, sexual ethic. And as old school and old fashioned as it is, that's not yeah. that's not Christianity. So anyway, I, I sorry that kind of threw rain on on the parade there, but that was that well, was. We don't the, need a parade. I mean, you know, people are complicated yeah. and messy and and. Yeah. And people's lives are. I, I did like what yeah. you had to say though about how she says we are we're always developing. Mm-hmm. So today I heard um, today I was listening to um, a Tim Keller sermon, and he said in there that his definition of a midlife crisis <laughs> is not this idea of somebody who reaches a point in their life where they're ready to you know sow their wild oats or try to recapture their youth try to recapture their youth but it's what midlife crisis is is when you get to a certain point in your life and you realize you're not a kid anymore you're not you can't your hope is no longer built on well someday i might get there but that you've had a certain level of success a certain level of failure and you realize you won't you haven't accomplished what you'd hoped you would Mm -hmm. and that you're not going to you're never going to right and that's the point where you're actually have to come to terms with you're the at reality. a crisis point mm-hmm. yeah and that resonated with me pretty pretty hard because i think i've definitely been wrestling with that in the last two or three years i think it's interesting to be approaching a point where we can all start talking about the process of aging without it being absurd because we're i think we're all finally yeah, we're 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 getting to that point where we're we're actually facing. We should be mature. We should be grown up. We should be where we're supposed to be. Adulting um, is a, a, is not just a byword. <laughs> it's actually like the thing now. It's actually yeah. a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is I don't even know if I feel like I brave enough to talk about it, but whatever. I'll start talking and we'll see how it goes. Um, like the I have been surprised at what has been difficult for me about getting older. Um, there were there were things that I didn't think that I would be bothered by that I've been bothered by. And the thing that's the thing that surprised me the most, it does I don't think it's what bothers me the most, but that it bothered me at all, I find a little unco- a, a lot uncomfortable is that um, I don't find people responding to me like I'm an attractive person anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm no longer young enough to or attractive enough or whatever to have that sort of that default setting of of people you know I haven't um and this sounds absurd because I've been married for 15 years but it used to happen pretty regularly that people I would get asked out and it hasn't happened in a long time in a really long time and I didn't notice that it hadn't happened for a long time. And then I realized that it hadn't happened. But then I also noticed that, you know, people don't, people don't look at me, men don't look at me like I'm an attractive person anymore. Mm-hmm. And that, that has really been, um, it was surprising that I noticed it, I, or I was surprised that I noticed it. And I was surprised that I was bothered by it because I didn't think I put any store in that, but I did. Yeah, i so for me, that happened much earlier when I shaved my hair. When the, yeah, okay. Yeah. And there was a, there was an immediate change. Right. So. See, and I started going gray at 25, but that didn't. Sure. Like the gray hasn't ever bothered me and I've never colored it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem to trigger any 
significant change. It was it was hitting thirty five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I I was walking down the street like eight and a half months pregnant. One well, I never got to eight and a half months, but whatever, eight months pregnant one time, <laughs> and got whistled at and and like kind of <laughs> laughed internally because it was sure, you sure, know because sure. then the guy on his motorcycle pulled up beside me and looked over and was a little. He he was obviously surprised and very uncomfortable. Um, and it, <laughs> did he it, just whistle at a pregnant woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he realized <laughs> that I was pregnant, he was not um, sure. pleased. But um, <laughs> but like that that kind of thing, I I felt like I thought it was just like funny and meant nothing, and I didn't I didn't care about it. But when it mm-hmm. stopped happening, it mm-hmm. it has it has bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I I heard I I, I was just trying to process this. As I was listening to the so so different people have different levels of success, and I think everybody's in a sense the more success you have, the longer you can mitigate or or push off that question of of I'm never going to arrive right um but I wonder if this is one of the ways the that the gospel actually works in people where we see like the beatitudes um and the effectiveness towards the, of the gospel in people who haven't accomplished as much mm-hmm. because they have already had, they've already dealt with those hard questions. Mm-hmm. They've already come to terms with or been humbled by the reality that they're not going to accomplish everything mm-hmm. that they'd hoped to in life. And that when the gospel shows up and says, um, Hey, the good news is you don't have to, right. it's already been done. There is, there is an Im- immense amount of peace. Whereas if you've had a had a an amount of success or a great amount of success in life, you may still be chasing that dream mm-hmm. right up until the very the very end. So it yeah. I I, I I've had people who've who've jokingly said things like the midlife crisis the made midlife crisis kind of so what is it going to be your midlife crisis? And uh <laughs> And you know, I have zero interest in. Um, you don't want to get a red sports car? red sports cars or yeah. or second, uh, you know, side girlfriends or any of those kinds of things. But but like in the back of my mind, I've kind of thought this is different. This mm-hmm. is I don't know how to. I wasn't able to put my finger on it. Like I, this does feel like. Mm-hmm. Is this everything? Is this yeah. it? Yeah. Is this? And and so that really gave me language to. To process, oh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make what I'd hoped I was gonna make. Right, and then the the classic midlife crisis, the red sports car or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. What is, is the female version of the classic midlife crisis? There's there's definitely like a macho male version, but what would be the female equivalent? Amanda? Oh boy, um, you know I don't think I've ever really thought about that. Um, partly because I tend to not think of things as always gendered <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, it, this is a very gendered concept yeah when you, no when you, I mean, women don't go and buy red sports cars generally speaking sometimes they do but no it's but, not as not, typical as a, as no a, a and they don't typically from... get you know 20 year old boyfriends the way that men get yes, 20 year old exactly. girlfriends yep, right yep. Mm-hmm. partly because i mean it's just well yeah, there are lots of issues there. But um, I think... <laughs> you, you so badly wanted to go down that road and held back. Partly because... That's uh, twice never, you did that. I know. I, I have been exercising so Sign much self-control lately. I am getting stronger. Um, I think that it often manifests itself in tweaks to appearance. 
So um, I say this as somebody who just started going to the gym, but um, getting really into fitness. And so trying to make up for loss of youth with increase of fitness, um, you know, dying, like almost yeah. all women hair dye makeup, their gray the hair, yeah, hair, makeup, um, you Lifts, know, tucks, lifts, tucks, in, yep, teeth. all the things. Yep. Um to try to erase the signs of aging and and then also clothing dressing in younger much younger styles than are Mm -hmm. are appropriate or comfortable for anyone else to look at um uh, that was a very tactful but was it (laughs) i thought that was kind of catty but um but but like i've i have experienced those temptations like Mm -hmm. what if i well you know because i barely wear makeup but what Mm -hmm. if i started wearing makeup could i look younger for a while what if i what if i did dye my hair Mm -hmm. would that help um what if i went shopping and bought some new clothes would i feel better about Mm -hmm. myself and then it's just mentally processing that well you're clearly just trying to avoid facing the fact that this is it Mm -hmm. you're not going to be Mm -hmm. the you know whatever it is that you that you wanted Mm -hmm. and so are you are you going to try to do the good things because they're worth doing or because you're still trying to chase whatever veneer of success or accolade or whatever would would make you finally feel better about yourself and then you just yeah it, mm-hmm. there's it'll, it would never be enough anyway mm-hmm. if we just listen to people we yeah. would know that it's never enough no matter how much you succeed so david have you wrestled with any of these things you, you've looked fairly like no like you've been sitting over there like john and amanda are having their own <laughs> conversation and and they have crises and you don't <laughs> I, 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 I've been thinking through this whole time. Like, I, I, I'm not exactly. I, I'm trying to get better about like not trying to say something when I don't actually have something to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could like wander off and you know I, I'm I'm not having a, a midlife crisis, but I am. I am thinking of myself. And see, start. I guess starting to see myself as older than I have before. Mm-hmm. Um, you no longer feel like a twenty-year-old, yeah, pretending to be a exactly. grown-up. Exactly. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been, I've been starting to, you know, I, I've given a little bit of thought to. Boy, I'm not like that far away from, you know, ten years from being a, possibly being a grandfather, and, you know, kind of, kind of sort of starting to kind of cast my gaze like well what is life gonna look like you know 10 years 15 years here down the road like kind of i guess kind of so in 10 years i will be an empty nester yeah if if you're you're a little bit a little bit ahead of me and whatever i'm ahead of all of you kid range yeah Yeah. because well i mean john could be a grandfather much sooner i did i did and i have six and a half years be a grandfather now well Okay, but let's biologically speaking. Yes, yeah. yes, but let's yeah. let's let's hope let's, that that's let's put, postpone that a few years. Yeah, yeah. We'll say a few prayers. Yeah. So you're not you're not feeling a sense of of loss or um or despair or um like uh, oh I'm not going to there are dreams that I'm not going to accomplish so much as you're feeling a sense of okay 
I no longer fit into category A. I'm I'm beginning to fit shifting. into category B. Right. I th- I think that's the case. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I probably would make it there for sure. Yeah. But not not right now. Well, I I mean I've also had the experience of I no longer feel like a 16-year-old pretending to be a grown-up or a 20-year-old pretending to be gr- I feel like a grown-up. Yeah. And I feel like yes, I am qualified to give advice to, you know, certain certain groups of people or I I like I have a sense of I'm not I'm not pretending to be adult and I'm not looking over my shoulder looking for an adult to deal with something. You don't feel something. like an imposter. Not as much, no. Mm. I mean, there's still definitely moments of that, especially sure, sure. professionally. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous right now because I'm getting ready to do something professionally I haven't done before and it, it does feel a little... You're going to be uh, fine. I, I do feel a little nervous Do I know what you're talking about, about? Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're going to be great. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not nervous okay. at all. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've done a similar thing, but it's for, but for a very different kind of audience where the level of, of um, possible questions is much lower. So yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Lightning round. Quick recommendations. The things that you guys have read, listened to, heard, watched. Wait, real, real quick. Oh, yeah. Okay, go, David. Well, Am I going to talk about a book or am I going to talk about a movie? You're going to talk movie. about a movie? You know it. Okay. I saw Knives Out. Oh, did you? So much fun. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Oh, my goodness. This has got Daniel Craig in it, right? It has Daniel Craig. It's kind of like, did you ever see the movie? Anyway, never mind. John. Just look at me. I'm looking at Amanda. Oh, what am I even uh, You're looking about? at okay. me now. Okay. Have you ever seen look the over movie here. Clue? Oh, my goodness. This the 1980s is, version? Clue? Yeah. Oh my so goodness. This is like a an updated movie from and you know an updated version of Clue. It takes place in this old Am I crazy mansion. or are you talking about uh, an updated version of a movie that was a movie based on a board game? Yes. So the movie Have you never, okay. wait, 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 wait. The Have you never seen the, the wait, 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 wait. We have to cover this. You've never seen the movie Clue? No. I didn't know there was a movie so, called Clue. I don't know that I can actually recommend it. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit nineties in terms 80s. of eighties in terms of its ethics. And okay, yeah, there's, it's there's very just, not there's, PC. It's, it's it's there's a lot of language and there's a lot of kind of body Inuit. content. Yeah, in innuendo. But it is very funny and just very clever. A lot. Mm-hmm. It's very fast paced. This movie is. Is, a lot of good acting actually is in it. So smart, and it it, it wait it, clue or uh, knives, knives out. Not, knives knives out. out. Okay, it is so clever, and it just keeps you going. And just when you think you know what the movie is, it, the whole thing turns on its head, and and it's it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. Okay, That's it's awesome. there's right. there's there's. You know, if you probably could take your, you know, teens to it, maybe. There's 13, some language. it's PG-13? Yeah, it's PG-13. There's some there's some language and a little bit of, a little bit of, you know, just kind of crass stuff. But it's, it, the, the, the way that they take just Instagram and what's going on in the world right now and just. So it's going to be terribly dated soon? Probably. It, okay. It's, <laughs> okay. It is. Wonderful. <laughs> I, I came away from this movie and I kid you not, I felt I, I like I was just filled up from the art of how well it was. You made. were energized. Oh interesting. Yes. Inspired. Okay. Yes. Okay, That's quick, awesome. quick question while we're on the on the topic of movies. Did you go see Joker? No, I couldn't do it. You couldn't you couldn't do that okay, because of the level of violence. 
not the level of violent. It looked dark. It looked so dark. I didn't I didn't want to go and watch that character who was so pathetic turn himself into a monster. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I just I and maybe I'll see it someday. I mean, like if you said it was wonderful, will you watch it with me? No, now? I haven't seen it. I, I probably I just, would. I was just curious. But I just I, We'll call we'll call the most interesting man in Boise and ask him. Yes, I'd like He'll to tell hear you. what the most interesting yeah. man in Boise thought yeah. of it. I'd like to hear his So yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't do it. Okay. All okay. right. Good good yeah. good to know. Okay. Amanda, go. All right. Um, am I going to talk about a movie or a book? <laughs> okay, this is a stupid question. Okay, there's a book um, I read, and uh, I actually have a review of it coming out um, probably in a couple of weeks uh, called How to Do Nothing, which is a great title for a book uh, by Jenny O'Dell. Um, the subtitle is Resisting the Attention Economy. Mm. And so uh, automatically you're thinking... Okay, it's a book about how I need to um, delete my Facebook account and throw my phone away, right? Which it sort of is, but not. It's. I kept looking at the the back flap of the book, and I actually haven't said this in public before, but um, looking at the author's picture and trying to square the depth of wisdom and insight and creativity with the obvious youthfulness of the author. Ah. Um, <laughs> and like, it Ages is... much. I know, right? Um, which she she can't be that young. She's a, a professor, um, but, but young and just so insightful and so interesting. Um, so it basically... If you think the problem is that you're distracted by your phone and you think that the problem is that Facebook is making money off of getting you to look at things whether you want to look at them or not, you're right. That is the problem. But if you think the problem is like self-control in the sense of like, okay, I'm going to delete it. I'm really going to delete it this time and I'm not going to I'm not going to log back in. Um, it's not. The answer is you need to take up bird watching. You need a different set of habits. You need to consciously consider what it is you spend your attention on. Mm -hmm. And rather than trying to stop spending your attention on things that are sucking your life out of you, you need to consciously choose to pay attention to the world that you live in, Mm -hmm. learn what is around you, and put your roots down where you are. Mm. And connect with the environment and the community where you live. Hmm. And I mean, it's just, oh, it's, it's wonderful. That does Highly recommended. Really good. Highly recommended. Hmm. All right, John, you, you got now, us to give now, if lightning John, round. Is John going to give a book, a movie, or a or song? A music. Yeah. Or a, a music? I could, I could do a music. Uh, a a hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> what a lamb newfangled my album cool j r kelly mix up earlier i think yeah. i'm not allowed to give anything uh related to hip-hop um so i could give a song or i could give uh, a reading excerpt i do not have a good movie although i did just watch in game do you have a podcast that you eight recommend? months after it was you released. just watched it this oh. last week yeah nice. well done okay. well done way to be countercultural. Do I have a you're podcast? ahead of me i still haven't watched in game no no you watched you i thought you watched in game 
Oh no, I did watched... watch Endgame. I haven't seen Infinity War. You haven't seen Infinity. I know. I I'm. Did you Did you watch Star Wars? No. No, she didn't. I have not seen a Star War. Star Wars. Star Lord. I am. I have seen Star Lord. Okay. All right. So I'll let you. You guys can pick. Which one do you want? Which one would you prefer? I want a book. A book. book. Yeah, let's hear the book. Okay, so short story. Uh, Wendell Berry, uh, in his most recent um, uh, book, uh, essay, collection of essays, wrote a story called The Art... Oh, man, now I'm going to forget. The a- the Art of Stacking Brush. Loading Brush. Loading Brush. That, very that's good. correct. The, act of lo- the, the Art of Loading Brush. <laughs> I can't remember the title of it. <laughs> correcting I, oh, I was Actually. <laughs> I was trying to actually find the quote because I have it written out. But basically, the premise of the story is there's an older man who um, who hires some uh, company from town to come out and build a fence for him. And makes it very clear that he wants it done properly and cleaned up after. And like they, they settle on a price and he feels like it's a little much, but they come out. To, but, but he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be an imposition to his family. He doesn't want to be an imposition to his neighbors. And uh, he doesn't have the strength to do it himself. And so he does. Um, so these, this company comes out and um, the owner does. The owner does good work, but he has his boys with them and they're sloppy. And the owner does not rein them in appropriately. And the job gets done. And it's done well enough. But it's not done to his standards. To his standards. And he feels like he's overpaid now for the project. And he is embarrassed. Now he really doesn't want to go to his family. Because they'll know that he was taken. And he really doesn't want to go to his neighbors. Because they'll they'll know that he's still in imposition. And so he hires um, a kid that's just home from um, college to come and help him clean up the mess. And the kid is a music major, which I identify with having in a, in a former life when I was still young and handsome. Um, and had possibilities. And had possibilities in my yeah. life, yes. And uh, was, <laughs> uh, he he asked this kid to come over and help him. And he, he kind of, co- the commentary, the running commentary inside of his head is this kid has promise and that he's a redheaded um, kid in that he enjoys the fact that he's redheaded because he can get him to blush at anything <laughs> and he enjoys playing with him messing with his uh, his uh, proclivity to that which I, I easily blush as well and uh, anyway the, the, in the course of the work he he basically tells this kid look there is an art to doing to making order whatever with whatever you set your hand to and if um, the art of lo- loading brush disappears then um then many good things will go away and if we have if you don't have the ability to do the low jobs the non-academic jobs the the menial things well then you know to heck with everything else and uh it's a wonderful i don't know 30 40 minute read Mm -hmm. um and and it really gives a lot of dignity to um to that generation, to an older generation, and uh, espouses an idea that I think is a lost um, idea in America, which is this ag- agrarian kind of hard work, work mm-hmm. done well, work done right kind of idea. And uh, I don't know. I just I, I very much identified with how it, um, both in how my own upbringing played into that my own grandpa was that kind of a person but also Mm -hmm. how it interacted with uh the younger generation um i think sometimes we've gotten so um 
<laughs> the old people are with the old people. The young people are with the young people. They and married shall the, yes. shall the two mix. Yes, and the the recognition that that was needed. That mm-hmm. his his role to that young man was important. So I found that I I found that lovely. It was worth the price of the book. I, the other essays have not been as compelling, but that one was fantastic. I've heard really good things about it. I haven't read it yet, but yeah. that that yeah. sounds that amazing. particular essay is yeah. really good. Yeah. And that just that concept is something that resonates so mm-hmm. deeply. You ta- you said, you know, your upbringing is same for me. I mean, I've, I've made comments about my childhood, I think, on the podcast before and how it's it's not an uncomplicated story. But one of the things I'm so grateful to my father for is teaching me how to look at a job and think about what is the what is the right way to do it. Not not how can I get it done? Not where can I start right now to move forward? But where should I start to get it? done properly right yeah and and in the the sense of precision and order that comes to even you know the to all kinds of tasks Mm -hmm. right you know fence building fence building whatever it is and yeah whatever hay stacking and you know firewood splitting and stacking all all of those things yeah and we did a lot of it (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so alrighty this has been fun thanks for hanging out I have the perfect song to go out on Excellent. Oh, what you got? Okay, the song's called People Get Old. <laughs> by, that is a perfect hey, title. By so, Lori so McKinnon. Can, 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 okay, so I don't think we can play it, but can you sing it or can you can you can you read us a lyric from it? Uh give me just a second here and I'll read you, I'll pull up the lyrics real quick. <laughs> I like Why it. can't we play it? Well, we've give it a shot. Let's see what you okay. got. Okay. Uh let's see here. I don't know if I can find, let me find a good collection. Houses need paint. Winters bring snow. Kids come in, come on in before your supper gets cold. Collect your plates and daddy's bill fold. And that's how it goes. You live long enough. When you live long enough, people get old. Oh, I like it. So. I like it. That is good. Well, we do. Okay. Let's uh, not get too much older. Before we do it again. Oh, okay, wait, 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 wait. One more. <laughs> oh, one come more. On. Come on. Here that we go. was a cheesy line, David. Daddy, crying. Daddy keeps busy in the afternoons playing cards by himself, and he shouldn't be shoveling that first snow. But you know he won't take the help. For the pride of love, he don't say too much. But, but hell, he never did. And he, and you still think he's forty-five, and he still thinks you're a kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. So true. Yeah. All right, we'll see you again. Bye-bye.